0: Because of what I'm saying, I'm telling you, is heavy as bricks. It's concrete. Welcome to episode 11 of the Bricks Only Podcast, brought to you by your favorite girl gang, House of Bricks. I'm Imani. And I'm Ebony. And this it's is a podcast, podcast for, the for the unapologetically, unapologetically dope. dope. Your two other favorite co-hosts, Girl Ryan and Shasha, couldn't make it today, so Ebony and I will be holding it down for this lovely episode. Hell Yeah. So, today we'll be discussing the importance and the value of the millennial black woman. We have our good friends, um, Life Kit Co., the homies out from Durham. What's good? How are
1: you guys today? (laughs) Come on, we need some more energy.
2: (laughs) Really good. You know, Sunday is is one of those days when, you know, we try to prepare for the week. And so uh, we're doing good and looking forward to the conversation.
0: Great. Definitely. So, um, as we mentioned, we do have two guests here. We've got Deandre's Royal and Austin Henley. They are the co-founders of LifeKit. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. And
1: Pierre Davis, who is not um, on the podcast with us today, but shout
0: out to P. Major shout out to P. And the reason that we selected to have, uh, or that we're joining forces with Life Kit for this conversation is because in the weeks to come, we'll be collaborating with them on a... A creative and a visual social campaign that demonstrates the Black Millennial woman in today's social economic climate. So, Life Kid, if you guys want to go ahead and um, introduce yourselves really quickly, and then we'll jump into the conversation.
3: Well, I thought you guys just did that. I so, mean, tell was- us about
1: the brand. Like, um, you go. You guys are headquartered in Durham. Like, you know, what is it about? What does it mean? What does it stand for?
3: Yeah, I got you. Uh, Well, yeah, we are definitely uh, headquartered in the Bull City in North Carolina, Life Kit Lifestyle Company. We we initially got our start uh, in college, started off making accessories uh, and apparel uh, and kind of transitioned from there. Uh, I think a lot of things that we did were were aspirational and motivational to our our peers. And that's kind of what gave us that sticking point, Our, our principles. Uh, love, energy, knowledge, and time were something that people could identify with, and I think they appreciated those. That energy uh, coming from that. Uh, secondly, one of our you know important concepts um, was a, a, and just was the was this idea of, of humility, and we branded that around our uh, social enterprise company: stay humble. And that was another one of those things that, again, our peers and, and people just everywhere kind of flocked to and, and, and uh, appreciated. We did college tours, um, trade shows, and we just spreaded that message and gave it a platform to be, again, appreciated. And I think that was very um, well received by lots of people. And from there, we've just been trying to continue that energy, but also mature and transition. Uh, into new audiences and, and just try to offer different experiences um, along the way. And that's that's kind of where we are right now.
1: That's super dope. That's dope. Um, and you guys may not know, but we all went to North Carolina Central University together and that's where we met um, Austin, D, and P. Uh, we also interned with them. We were on their street team. We traveled with them. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, camp was definitely... Um... A def- oh, I guess a major highlight of my college career because it helped me to figure out the things that I was good at. And yeah, definitely. Um, it gave me the ability to work with a team of like diverse, but still very like-minded individuals. So, and we're also happy to just like see you guys continue, stay strong and like continue to fight the good fight.
3: Entrepreneur leadership. I, I mean, hearing that from you guys is really important too, because um, like without that energy, you know, without those, those late nights and those ideas, like we wouldn't have been able to do the things that we've done uh, because we wouldn't, we couldn't do it alone. And I think you guys supporting that and you know spreading that message to your your peers and your friends and family and believing it, it is always you know the most important thing. And it, it's a, it's a, it's a testament, you know, it's it's a, it, it's a blessing to see you guys continue to venture out and do your own thing now. And um, we'd like to think that we had some positive. Uh, effects on, on, on those moves being made and it's, it's beautiful to see so much love to you guys definitely definitely.
0: okay so we're going to go ahead and start talking about the greatest thing to discuss in the world black, black millennial, millennial women, women. <laughs> um, and I guess just going back we may mention about a, a upcoming collab so I guess if you guys can give us a little information as to how the idea for this type of collaboration came about Mm-hmm. And, um I guess why you guys are passionate about working with us for it.
2: Um, absolutely. So uh, you know, as as DeAndreas alluded to, it's been uh, you know really interesting to see uh, you know all of you um, kind of mature and grow. And I think um, you know, one of the things that our, our brand kind of represents is is that growth and trying to uh, you know, tell some interesting stories um, around uh, you know, really, just around the uh, enterprising um, young black millennial woman, particularly living in uh, urban areas where uh, you know there's some you know some unique challenges uh, around um, you know being able to make it and 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 stand out and do some interesting things. And so, I think that, uh, you know, one of the reasons why we wanted to partner with you guys is because I think that, you know, you represent, uh, you know, the, you know, what is possible um, uh, when it comes to, you know, what young Black um, millennial women um, can do and can achieve. And think, you know, adding your spin, whether it be visually and creatively, It's exciting to see, you know, what could come out of that.
1: Great. How has the current political climate kind of inspired you to come up with this idea or collaborate with us?
3: Hey, that wasn't in the script. What?
1: (laughs) I mean, we sometimes go off strip. I feel like it was kind of necessary. (laughs) You can be political about it, fam.
0: Speak bluntly.
2: Uh so I mean quickly things. One, I mean we just ended an administration where you had a strong um black male and female um uh, you know um people who were you know represented mm-hmm. um you know something very very positive for uh you know for, for black people. Um, then, of course, you had Hillary you know, Clinton, who was, you know, her message was really to uh, kind of galvanize uh, women and the power of, of being a woman. And then you have, you know, somebody now um, who, you know, doesn't want to really focus and maintain uh, that as, you know, a core value. And I think, uh, you know, what we'll, what we'll begin to see is different groups, whether it be race, whether it be gender, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, sexual orientation, we're going to see um, different groups kind of, you know, rise up and I think when it comes to, you know, the black millennial woman, uh, this particular political climate or, you know, where we are in society, this is a, you know, it's it's, it's ripe for, uh, you know, women of color to Um, you know, begin to or continue to achieve uh, and do some amazing things.
3: I think that uh, to piggyback off what Austin said, I mean, you went from this um, family, uh, this very traditional positive family, nuclear family with uh, solid husband and wife, two beautiful kids um, as a good representation of, you know, some things that people may want to aspire to, to this guy who... He admits to grabbing women by the pussy in order to, you know, exert his his power on them. So I think that, you know, it's important to continue to highlight the uh importance of of women, you know, in in every struggle and every resistance possible. I think that's important that they can that we continue to push uh for equality, we push for, you know, um all those important things that need to be addressed for women because I feel like the the, the women's struggles, you know, are um, when women can, can gain progress, it's, it's a lot easier for other people who are struggling to make, in situations to gain progress. So I think there needs to be at the forefront, you know, of that.
0: Yeah, we totally agree. OK, so in what ways has black womanhood impacted your life individually and or the Life Kit brand?
3: Uh, that's a good question. Um, all three of us, uh, Pierre, Austin and myself, uh, we have significant relationships with our mother. I grew up in a, in a home where um, there were six aunts and, and, and two uncles and just coming up with a certain sense of empathy and nurturing and, and just love from a woman. It, it just helped me understand um, Help me understand those certain help me understand those things and be more comfortable with things like expressing emotion or just being uh, aware of people's feelings. And so I feel like uh, that was important and that, that has built a lot of my character and who I am. And I, I know my business partners and brothers, you know, have some important relationships with their mothers as well. Uh, and, you know, I think that all plays a part in who we've become as as young men, um, Austin, what do you think? You-
2: yeah, I think um, you know the best example is is you guys, right? Is having um, people like uh, Ebony and Imani on the team, and and having you guys contribute very early on uh, into you know what we were building. And I think um, from a design perspective, from a core messaging perspective, that influenced. Uh, you know, who we are and who we've become really based on, you know, your guys' perspective. And so I think that's something that uh, we've always valued. I'm talking a little bit about, you know, my mom, you know, I definitely watched my mom, you know, climb the corporate ladder um, and make sacrifices, um, you know, in order for my brother and I to, um, you know, be able to achieve uh, and live the life that we do now. And so, um, uh, you know, kind of back on you know, on the black millennial, uh, black female, or black woman millennial thing, I think there is uh, a continuation of, of just that grit and grind mm-hmm. that all in my mother that I also see in you guys. So that's what's exciting. Awesome.
0: Thank you. That's dope. We appreciate that. Um, I guess sharing the outlook on, well, for us. This is actually not in the script either, so... hold your horses gentlemen but um this is something that I'm always interested in learning like how do how do you as I guess like black men view the struggles that we face as black millennial women like do you view it as something that's just like you know we're gonna overcome it or it's like you don't really think we have a lot of struggles or how is that how do you guys view it
3: No, I definitely uh view it as instrumental in in this struggle for um, everyone's equality, right? So I feel like women face oppression and and repression on a number of fronts. Being a woman, number one, uh, in this patriarchal society, uh, and two, being black uh, is an entirely different um, set of, comes with its own set of challenges. And uh, so I feel like those 2 sets makes it more challenging to, you know, to be successful. But um, I think that the women's, again, the women's success and is tied to um, everyone else, right? So we won't get equality in the things that we want as black men, unless black women are able to achieve what they need to be able to achieve. Like we can't make it without women, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's, to, it's vital that we uh, understand that and continue to push for those, uh, those rights. And I think that, um, what, what was the, what was the question again?
0: The question was, how do you view, um, the struggles or the obstacles that we face?
3: Right, right. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, yeah definitely. So. I mean, <laughs> They're definitely, definitely vital, man. I think there are legitimate, legitimate um, issues. What I was talking to Austin about when we were doing some preparation for it, I was just talking about how uh, now more so than ever is like women's struggles across the globe can be united through social media. And I feel like women seeing other women battle for whether it be driving rights in certain countries or the ability to wear what they want to wear or to not be, you know, Sexually persecuted when women see that they are empowered uh, To say you know what these women are facing this problem these problems over here I, I can be strong in, in what I believe in it and fight as well because it's like some sort of like united struggle against Oppression when it comes to being a woman, and I think that's that's very important to see and um, that's how I feel about it Yeah,
0: and the reason I asked that question was because I feel that a lot of times this conversation isn't really had between black women and black men. So sometimes a lot of the views can get very confused or, or lost in the struggle where it's like we feel like maybe we don't have as much support, support yeah. from black men or black men feel like we're fighting them as well when that's not the case. We just have to have conversations like this a little more often so we know how you view it and how, how we view it. And so that way, like you said, like we can continue to fight for our own equality in the hopes that it will open up the doors for everyone else's equality.
3: And I feel like, you know, women should be at the forefront of the movements too, because I mean, like that's, I think that's important. I think there were there were moments in history where women were leading a lot of the movements that were going on. Um, I know this past recently, it was good to see the the Women's March uh, in Washington and that was not just in Washington but it was like a nationwide thing and and I think that was like huge you know um and women have to be the ones at the forefront a lot of times of these things man because I feel like I feel like people are less likely to the black male is already stigmatized in a way that you know people view it and view them in a certain way but Women being life givers and the bearer of children, um, I feel like they are viewed in you know in a more positive light, and they they are you know able to take larger steps than than men at sometimes. Right. What do you guys think?
0: Um, I think you mentioned that we should be at the forefront of a lot of I guess the I guess movements. Mm-hmm. I I agree with you, but. It's like a heavy burden to wear, like, knowing, like, okay, we should be at the front, but at the end of the day, like, being at the front also means you're probably going to get persecuted first, too. And that's kind of, like, a lot to deal with when you kind of feel like sometimes you don't really have anybody behind you.
1: And I think not only are we on in the front line um, in social movements or but we're in the front line in families we're in the front line in many different areas within life period right. so to also act us, access us to be in the front line of all these different social movements can be a heavy burden
0: yeah not saying that you're asking us to be but like I agree with your like I, I think that that's a, a very um, universal I guess idea that we that women should be at the forefront of the movement. Because if we're not, we, we probably will get forgotten about. But it's just crazy that that's the only way that we cannot get forgotten about.
1: Yeah, and it's the only way that kind of change has happened historically and is happening now. You know, so where is, you know, the men supporting us when we have our, our issues? And when we did have the Women's March, I did see a lot of men show up to support women, which was great. A lot of families showed up to support um, the Women's March, but I also also don't kind of agree with how the Women's March went down, and I also, for my other reasons, and for the fact that 54% of white women voted for Trump, so I don't feel like our oppressions are the same, so I didn't support the Women's March, but I do see how um, seeing the amount of women and the global impact of that movement is amazing. And it also okay,
3: yeah, good. I definitely... No, i definitely kidding. agree with you on that um the women's march in itself logistically uh, you could argue that there were some some issues definitely from a person of color standpoint and just from a sponsorship standpoint right. but you're right, right on the fact that literally the the feminism movement um from its initial stages wasn't something that was that black women were included right. in right and i think it's only served to continue that way when you right. see the women's march Uh, so the, what black women had to start their own wave of feminism, the black feminism movement. And I think that that's, that's, that's important that you mentioned that because the women's march was largely, uh, you know, something that, um, could have been done better. You're right. Um, but I, I definitely agree on that.
1: So Imani, what does it mean to you to be a black millennial woman?
0: Um. To me, it means, like, one, super lit, like, dumb lit. Like, we out here. But also, um, just always realizing that, like, we really do have to work harder. We have to be faster, smarter, stronger. We have to be way ahead of the game. And also, less competitive amongst each other and more, like, unified. Like, I feel like a lot of... um, situations or even just media like life and society try to pin a lot of black millennial women against each other and I think just from starting House of Bricks and just the friendships that I've had in college and any most of my life it's been all about women coming together so now being like a black millennial being well I was always a black millennial but now being like going towards entrepreneurship and just developing professionally I feel like the biggest key is to stick together and to remember that what you're doing, that what I'm doing is bigger than me. Right. And if it's not inspiring someone else, then it's like, maybe I'm not doing as much as I thought I was.
3: I feel you. A lot well, of pressure. Wait, let me down. ask you guys, ask you guys this, like what, I know we talked about support minutes ago and how sometimes you feel like when being asked to be more of a player in, in movements or just different things, you feel like it's difficult to do that when you don't feel like you have the support of, of men. Now, what do you think men could do better to support women's movements or just support women uh, in their endeavors, in general? What, what do you? What, what kind of things do you think we can do to be more supportive of, of what you have going on?
0: That's a good question. One, definitely conversations like this because it's actually opening up the door to, for understanding. But two. Um, I think just showing up and and if you don't get something instead of speaking on it maybe just like try to figure out where we're coming from first because no I know for me like it's hard to go into the world and feel like the world's against you and then to come home whether it be your father, your brother, your man, like your son and feel like dang, like you're not on my side either. So I think instead of feeling just maybe, like, just being there a little bit more. Yeah, I think and it's just And being a little support. more understanding, and, yeah.
1: And I also have a thing. I know this is kind of, like, off topic, but I don't fuck with black men dating white women. So in some aspect, that kind of represents the lack of support that black men have for women. And it, it goes down. I don't. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The team is fucking with me. <laughs> so it's, I... And it kind of signifies the bigger issue of black men kind of being not really fuck with us, but liking our features, liking everything about us, but wanting in someone different, wanting a more ambiguous, wanting someone who doesn't look black. or And it's like, that is how I feel about black men. That is kind of represents how how the lack of support that we have from men,
0: from black men. I agree. I, I, I definitely agree with, um, I mean, it's like, I feel like sometimes it's like love is love, and then sometimes it's like, okay, now, you need to just stick with what your you own know. Bra- yeah. Like, <laughs> but what I will say is, um, yeah. Like over appreciating other women yeah. and then like not acknowledging black women. That's like a really common thing. I don't know if, I'm not saying that all black men do that. And
1: psychologically, that has an impact, whether you guys like to um, acknowledge it or not. But for you to, you know, say that this is who I am. This is a black woman. I was raised by a black woman. But I would prefer her ass, her tits, her lips on a white woman or Kim Kardashian. That you, you can imagine how we feel about that. And when we are on the front line for black men historically and now to this day, every day. And raising uh, your children while, you know, huge numbers of black men are inca- incarcerated and making sure that our family is still a thing. Black family is still a thing. That's a problem for me. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, you, you definitely touched on uh, some heated <laughs> topic there. But I, I definitely agree in the, in, in the extent that I feel like um, there is a, is a strategic play there that. Women uh, of fair skin are put in front of more audiences um, because they're looked at as be more beautiful or more acceptable right. or whatever. And I think that a lot of men end up falling into that trap because of you know the propaganda that, that's put out there. I don't right. think we get a lot of good examples of of black women um, in in positions that would put them in front of more people to say, hey, this is the this is the uh, our specimen, the, the beautiful specimen here. This is what you should strive or aspire to to look like. And, you know, in, interracial relationships, I mean, that's, that's something that's interesting because I can understand where you would come from when you would say, all right, well, I see a black man dating a white woman. Well, what does that mean that he doesn't find black women to be, you know, valuable or it doesn't find them to be, you know, worthy of his his time and attention, or you could say, hey, look, this, I just appreciate women in general. I don't feel like I have to subscribe to a certain uh, racial rule about who I choose to date. And I think there are arguments to be had on both sides. And I think, you know, I don't, there is no right or wrong way to feel about that. I think when it comes to certain, when it comes to that, a lot of times it could be a matter of, of just straight preference. And,
0: um, it's difficult. <laughs>
3: it's difficult to um, to kind of um,
0: yeah I don't know
3: yeah, yeah. but you said you said you're, you're glad that we did what
0: you brought up the word preference because <laughs> my next point was going to be I do definitely understand that people have their preferences but in those I think like I have a, I, I like Drake everyone knows I like Drake Drake is my preference. Drake is mixed <laughs> yeah. he's light skinned. But that doesn't mean that I would put people that look like Drake and Drake to a higher esteem than other black men or fully black men. I wouldn't I wouldn't devalue them because I really value him. I would still show appreciation for all black men. You know, and what I think I mean? that's
1: where the disconnect is. You know, it's not only that you that black men are choosing more ambiguous women but they're not choosing to also appreciate and support women while they're doing that yeah in my opinion
0: and i'm sure that it, it does become difficult because yeah. in those situations they are getting black backlash from women sometimes from black women like men that ch- choose to date outside their race they do probably get a lot of backlash so they feel like you know what not gonna support that because they don't support me but i think like like we said having these conversations and just Discussing it instead of just acting like it's not there. Yeah.
3: I I think think that... Go ahead. No,
2: go ahead.
3: I think that there is also, you know, uh, these these systems um, where black men um, are are incarcerated at at a high number and then black women are left to father... Uh, homes be the mother and father of different homes and uh, that changes the, the family structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it changes things like that, right. Also I was reading an article today or a couple of days ago about how um, more women, more black women are choosing to marry and, and date white men now. Um, trading that's, in Tyrone that's on the rock
0: for a Tom
3: Say that again?
0: I said trading in Tyrone for a Tom.
3: Yeah, uh, I guess that would be the system. Um, but also, um, there I, I've seen a lot of... There is a propaganda machine running that is trying to create more mixed-race, yeah. biracial yeah. families. By the advertising you see now is a black man and a white woman. Right. Now, and a lot of shows, is... Um, black women with a white man. But yeah, so I think that that is something that's happening where they want to see more mixed race, non more mixed race families where you don't have a a pure um, gene pool. Not that it's pure anyway, but I think that is something that's happening a lot now.
1: Right. So I guess back to our topic of black (laughs) millennial women, Um, when thinking of what I consider a black millennial woman or what it means to me to be a black millennial woman the first word that came to my mind and a word that I've been kind of like thrown around very loosely to remind myself is duality Mm -hmm. because duality is very important and in in the beginning when I first started thinking of duality it was me embracing being black and being like kind of ghetto a little bit and also being (laughs) corporate (laughs) and and having both of those sides and being able to um, help like being able to switch sides in a healthy way so when thinking of black millennial woman I feel like now black women are in some like secret society like it's really cool to be a black woman today you know we have like media representing us in a more authentic way like you know you have your insecurities, you have your um, blackish you have all yeah. these shows and all of these social media uh, duality. duality is very important I feel like it's more prevalent now than ever like you you have your women who can also drink a drink um, out of a Jameson bottle and also you know show up in a in a in a corporate setting and still you know be a boss so in that aspect I think that we are celebrating all of our aspects of ourselves more than ever. So I think that's really important to me as a black millennial woman is just showing up and and knowing that I'm not just this one type of person because I have to be this way to be accepted.
0: And um, going off of duality, even I mean even though we all are not a fan of it, but cultural appropriation has also really shown how like how we're lit. Yeah, like how lit yeah. we are. So it also like encourages people To actually have to realize our duality, whether they're stealing our style or the way we talk or the way we do our hair or not, it's still like we're going to we have these styles forever. Like we're not we don't have an endless um, like this waterfall doesn't drain type thing, (laughs) whereas you guys have to come to us to get the water. Not you guys, but the culture. So I think that um, duality is a great word to yeah. describe that, especially. And I
1: think in embracing the different parts of yourself, you are more, you have more confidence. Like you're more yeah. likely to start some shit like HOB or right. to do things that you enjoy doing because you now are more comfortable with different parts of yourself and you can be
0: more authentic. Yeah,
3: totally. You Before we got cut off, you guys were talking about duality in the sense that um, you mentioned Issa Rae and yeah. It's Secure it, Where were you going with that in terms of duality? Why did you mention that?
1: So I mentioned Issa Rae because I feel like Insecure um, showed an authentic and a very, um, like, you know, real-time perspective of what it means to be a black woman today, like in dating and in your business aspirations. And I feel like Issa Rae has really captured that. So seeing Issa Rae and Insecure, seeing Lemonade, has provided, I know, me with the confidence and the inspiration to be more of myself and to kind of go outside of my kind of norms that have been pushed onto
0: me. What would you say, Imani? Were you going to
3: say something about that, Imani?
0: Um, I was, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think those are our external influences, and I think you, you become comfortable when you see... Other people trying to show the world who you are because you may not have the platform at the time to do it or have the resources to do it or even have the words to do it. But when you see um, people like Issa Rae and her whole team of black, well, black, strong women, when you see people like um, Lindsay Day and her team of other millennials, not just women, but doing things that are recognizing and glorifying and supporting all that is black women and all that is the millennial black women it makes you feel more confident and more um it it reduces your fear because sometimes we don't represent for ourselves or put on for ourselves like we should because we're feared of it being rejected or not being received in the way that we thought it would so all these other um, realms of media that are doing it and helping us to um be more comfortable and to identify and all our resilience and all of our grace and all of our beauty and all of our ratchetness at times. And some our of complexities, our, yeah, like, like complex our complexities. Yeah. Like, so just like having those, um, like I said, those realms of media to, to show that is dope and yeah, it, it helps. It definitely does. Well, we
1: so, I mean, you
3: guys say, what go ahead.
1: No, I'm listening all ears.
3: Um, I was kind of reading through. One of the things that I re- found out on research was that... Um, Pierre is calling me now. Pierre is in China, by the way, which is kind of cool. He's yeah, calling yeah. me right now. How um, long is he in
1: China? I feel like he's been there forever.
3: He's been there for like a couple of weeks. Pierre, what's up, man? Real quick. This is... This is never mind. Got it. Can this, but one of the things <laughs> I found in my research was that women... Um, are getting married or waiting later to get married yeah. uh, but as a so that they can continue to further their career uh, I thought that was important because you mentioned people like Issa Rae is that uh, the median age now is like like 27 to 29 that women are waiting to get married as opposed to the 60s and before that you know the you were thinking 21 22 that was the acceptable age and I feel like that 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 change um, makes a difference in the world when women get married later, as opposed to wanting to be, you know, more involved in their career and and be more um, lit is <laughs> something, different, you know? I and mean, that's something that we we have going on more of, and I think that's important, you know.
1: I agree, cause I'm definitely approaching yeah <laughs> the upper end of my twenties, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But it's cool. It it it's really cool, and I embrace it, and I love it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's dope. Um, I'm not in a rush to get married. So I'm glad that that's a trend that's going around because I feel like when I get on Facebook, everyone's getting married, having like baby number two, three. And I'm just like, wait, what's going on? But I hope to see more of that trend because I mean, that would obviously mean that we're doing. Not necessarily doing better things, but we're doing more. Like, we're furthering ourselves in education. We're furthering ourselves in business. We're learning new skills that can possibly help us to even be better spouses and to be better mothers.
1: And And even, like, I'm sorry to cut you off, we're kind of learning more of who we are. Getting married at 22 or 23, 24, it's like I'm completely different now than what I was then. So I think now I'm more in a position to... Teach my children, or you know, if that is what I would like to do, or if any other woman would like to do, um, a more foundational shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can curse on the show, but yeah. um.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Foundational shit is always good.
0: <laughs> so, for you guys, I have a question. Um, we, what do you as men feel like? like, I guess, advice, or what would you like to see black millennial women do moving forward? Like, considering this political climate, considering this day and age, again, off the script, you guys,
1: sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a tough question. Choose your words, Kepperly. What are some
0: things that you hope for us that you would like to see more black millennial women do or partake in or, Yeah.
2: Uh, well, I think this is a great example, and that's like start podcasts, right? And get your voices heard and allowing um, people, uh, you know, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, black women or any, um, you know, some disenfranchised uh, a group, you know, sometimes allows uh, different media outlets or other people to speak for them. And so I think just more uh, voices mm-hmm. Uh, and more kind of, just, like you said, that duality, um, communicating that, whether it be through shows like Insecure, um, but it's more, more, uh, more voices, more black voices out there.
0: So, Okay. And as black men, strong black men, successful, you know, great people, leaders, what do you feel like you need from black millennial women? again off the script sorry phone
2: numbers
1: you said phone numbers (laughs) same old austin ain't shit changed
2: (laughs) no um (laughs) no what i would say what i what i need is um uh it's a certain level of um of Understanding and collaboration, I think, uh, you know, we alluded to it earlier, a lot of, you know, the powers that be in history has not only put us, uh, you know, really put us in adversarial relationships with each other. And I think that, um, you know, what I would hope to see is us breaking through that, you know, through collaboration, through an exchange of ideas, uh, and, and working on, you know, on cool things. And so, um generally what i would like uh what i would want uh is just you know more open dialogue and and more conversations that lead to money. Oh,
0: yeah. Me too. I agree. I respect that answer. We can we got you. Got you.
1: <laughs> so today black women are more engaged with issues and tragedies because they're more connected with each other via digital media and social networks. In what ways have digital and social platforms, excuse me, contributed to the agenda of the black millennial woman? I guess I'm asking Imani this because,
0: yeah, I think, um,
1: I think it's built like a sense of community. I think we are seeing ourselves more and more. I think, Dee, you have mentioned this earlier in the podcast. um, Social media has allowed us to, one, normalize a lot of behaviors that we once before was isolated within ourselves and also kind of, yeah, building a sense of community. I feel like in HOB, feel as if community is power, especially feminine communities. Right.
0: And also it gives um, an outlet of expression too, I think. I think sometimes we're just like, I guess like when we're out in the world and we're working, and we're doing all these things, we kind of feel like we're just going with emotions, but that's kind of like everyone's individual personality, your social media accounts. So we can use that just to express ourselves. Or the people who blog, like they can use that as a way to express themselves and um, kind of like with like, a, I guess a less of a consequence if, if it wasn't received well, yeah. because you could just log off. Right. Versus you like getting before a crowd and explaining it to them. People are like, well, I don't agree. So it kind of just gives us that um, ability ability to be like unapologetically expressive yeah. and not worry too much about what the backlash might be.
1: And social media is just like opening so many doors. I, well especially uh, social yeah. media specifically is opening a lot of doors and allowing us to really get information out in a way that has never been never happened before. So I think with um, social media and with um, representation and seeing more, people doing what you are doing, mm-hmm. it produces a lot more work, a lot more uh, collaboration and ways for us to reach bigger audiences. What yeah. about you guys? You Your social media is pretty well, lit.
2: I was, I, well, <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, to your question, I mean, for, of course, like the whole black girl magic yeah, uh, hashtag has been, you know, just was just on my computer and somebody was using that as a, um, You know, it could be some, some could say it's synonymous Mm -hmm. to like uh, Black Lives Matter as far as, you know, the use of it, kind of how it galvanizes digital communities. Um, uh, But no, I I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, that, you know, what we're seeing is really at the intersection of culture, technology, and social media, and that we'll be able to see in real time, um, you know, how, uh, not only how culture, is being um, affected by, uh, you know, the the emergence of the black millennial woman, but also how brands are responding um, and how corporations are, are starting to create, again, like tailored messaging, yeah. um, you know, to be able to, uh, uh, you know, grow uh, awareness, you know, among, you know, such a, a valuable demographic. Right. So I think, you um, uh, all of that is is really interesting, and I think you know we're just really at the cusp of it, and that you know the, you know there'll be some interesting things that are going to happen around how much power, you know, through um, through social media, uh, you know, that demographic has.
1: Right. Great. Thank you. So it was really amazing to have you all on the show and to see you all faces. I feel like you know brought a little bit of home into New York City so it was yeah. really great to see you guys and D I'm loving this purple and green <laughs> <laughs> it looks really nice
0: but it loving any- the Barney vibes D
3: okay I, mean, I don't know
0: if I would go with Barney <laughs> D does not look like Barney my bad
3: <laughs> Barney was a, a low-key pedo he man
1: I don't know about Barney but I like that color combination <laughs> But is there anything that you guys would like to I appreciate share? It. you're welcome. Is there anything that you guys would like to share? Um, please um, tell our listeners your social media accounts or if there's anything going, um, any updates or anything that's coming up soon?
3: Yeah, we um first and foremost, you can follow us at Life kit on both Instagram and Twitter, as well as you can follow us at stay humble underscore lk on both. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, as well as our websites, LifeKit.us and StayHumble.us, respectively. Uh, we mentioned that our business partner is over in China, um, doing some great things uh, for his for his brand, which we are using as a um, moment to research some new ideas and experiences that we can offer uh, to our domestic and international customers. So look forward to that. Continue to follow our social media handles to get the latest on, um, you know, what we have going on. And, and I think that'll be good. Austin, what about you, bro?
2: No, I, I echo uh, those sentiments as well. I think, um, no, I, I just look forward to following you guys. I think I would tell our listeners uh, and people who, because uh, we're going to be pushing this this podcast out to our base. And really, it's, the idea is to is to drive traffic to House of Flicks into what you guys are doing and so that's that's kind of how I'd leave it.
1: Great. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to Homecoming too
0: cuz I yeah. missed it last year. Yeah, well, we definitely
2: appreciate
0: <laughs> what were you about to say, Bianca? <laughs> uh,
3: well, I mean, I was going to dive into a little bit of that Homecoming conversation just to see if we can get a little bit of action off that, but we can say that for another episode <laughs> yeah, possibly. definitely. definitely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but um in all seriousness, in all seriousness, we definitely appreciate you guys um coming on mm-hmm. having such a dope conversation with us especially since you guys kind of were able to see us grow yeah. from college young women to like still yeah we got
3: stories stories
0: but we appreciate having you guys on we're definitely looking forward to this collaboration yeah. i feel like having this conversation kind of
1: Motivated yeah, us a motivated little bit, us like pushing us. I you know, feel like
0: good. now that we've had like a this type of dialogue, like we know how to communicate with each other yeah. better. And I'm, I'm really looking forward and seeing how passionate you guys actually are about Black millennial women and um, supportive you are. I'm definitely excited about all that will come from the collaboration. Um, Stay tuned. Yes.
3: No doubt. No doubt. Much love to you. Keep doing wonderful things.
0: Before we close out each episode, we'll be leaving you with a message to carry throughout your week. To our black millennial women, keep actualizing your potential, know your worth, and value your womanhood. We are and have always been lit. We are the tastemakers and the shapers of culture, and as long as we continue to unify, inspire, and empower, we cannot lose.
1: To our black millennial men, you are unfuckwittable. As much as the world needs you, we need you too. Your support is imperative to this black girl magic. Let's work together and never allow anything to break our incomparable bonds.
0: And please, if you like what you hear, subscribe to our podcast, like us on SoundCloud. You can follow us at House of Bricks NYC on Instagram and Facebook and House of Bricks NY on Twitter. See you guys.